<laughs> what? Eating and shitting. <laughs> oh, stop. We're on camera. No, I could, I could talk. Right, I could we've, never, we've never, you know, said anything. Like yeah, that well, before. anything off color. Uh, Never. But yeah, I, there's, I like, you know what? I always say I'm looking for that special. You know, everybody has a skill, right? Obviously, we know what your skill is. I mean, only a chosen few have that skill. <laughs> uh, what's? I'm still looking for that skill. Where's the skill? I mean, all right, I can absorb a tremendous amount of carbohydrates. Um, I'm good at sleeping. Not really, not good at sleeping anymore. Although my mother did tell me when I was younger, I could fall asleep on a picket fence. That's how easy I used to fall asleep. <laughs> I used to fall asleep holding a cup of coffee really? and having a conversation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, when you just keep pushing yourself and going. But where's the skill set, you know? Tiger Woods, we know, know what his skill set like was. Skillset, what? Fall asleep while there's hot coffee in your hand? <laughs> yeah. And I only wore it a couple of times. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, you know. Everybody's got a skill, supposedly, you know. You know, but suppose you don't hone that skill, right? So I'm, the, I'm looking for the skill to hone. That goes back to that line. And I know, it, I know that the writers didn't invent it, but I think, was it Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman? Yeah. Nothing worse than wasted talent. Yeah, think about that. I mean, all right, so Tiger Woods is a phenomenal golfer. Mm hmm but his father put a golf club in his hand at, like, two months old. I mean, yeah. the guy was on Mike Douglas. Remember Mike Douglas? Sure. That was, the kid was on Mike Douglas at, like, two or three. Yeah. I mean, so if Tiger Woods yeah. Sr. didn't put the golf club in there, well, you know. Right. He'd be wearing a white shirt talking about a podcast at 61 and a half years old. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Just be yeah. another guy. I do. You know, yeah, now I suppose know. your skill set, which you excelled at. I mean, suppose, you know, all the things in life, I mean, think how many things had to fall into place and push you in a direction and the stars aligned and you just oh. found that niche and you took I off think, and ran with it. But I think that's the, the truth, what you said, the stars align, I believe. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, be I really do believe that, that very few of us just happen by chance into a career or a position. I, I'm one of those guys that believes that the significant things in your life happen for a reason. And, mm -hmm. you know, the viewers, you've heard that over and over and over again. Um, but I believe it's true. And I don't mean, are you eating halibut versus salmon tonight for dinner? I don't think that matters mm -hmm. unless you're supposed to get poisoned by the halibut, end up in the hospital, you meet a nurse, you fall in love, and she's your wife. <laughs> That's a great story. That must right? happen a hundred times at the hospital. Sure, and, and yeah. you know what? And then on their license plate, they can have a plate with a halibut in between the, uh, nice. the digits. Nice, nice. Um, now, don't like a lot of people fall in love with nurses, John? Because nurses always, like they're always taking care of people. And, you, you know, when you're at your worst, if you have to go to a hospital... And you're like, wow, this is like Mother Teresa here. Like, look how, but it's um, her job. Do a lot of people fall in love with nurses? Like, I, that's an interesting question. But that sounds like with a little research on, on facts and data and figures. Hmm. I don't mean physical figures. Hmm. I meant numbers. Sure. Um, I don't know. That sounds like it's an episode, you know, 
in and of itself, itself yeah. do a lot of people fall in love with nurses? Well, I think this is true, okay. that no matter where you work, you can work in a big, tall skyscraper, you know, on the 60th floor, and you can work for a law firm or an insurance company or an accounting firm. People are usually under pressure at work, and people that work diligently, you know, they... they if you're at any particular given institution long enough, you have a gaggle of close people. And maybe sure. that gaggle is 10, 20, 30, 100 people, depending on, on what it is. And you mm. experience all of the same things. You go through all of the slings and arrows together. You'll find yourself in the presence of assassins mm. and lovers. Mm. Interesting. You know? and, and so if it happens to be that you work in a hospital or that you were a patient in a hospital and you meet a nurse and that certain special something happens mm -hmm. and the violins play. Cupid that, pulls back how, his bow. That's how people... Draw back your bow. I, I tell you what, I, I only once in a while, if I'll say, hey, how'd you meet your, how'd you meet your wife or how'd you meet your husband at a bar? Uh, very few people say that to me. Either that or they don't want to admit it. Yeah. I don't know. What about, John, I mean, let's face it. I mean, talk about meeting people at work and a gaggle of people that you go through a lot of stuff with. I mean, how many hours do you spend at work? 70% of your life is spent at work. A lot. How I sad mean, is that? You know, a lot, a lot of people say, working my ass off. And honestly, for them, mm -hmm. they are because that's all they know. But if they compare themselves to how other people viciously work their ass off, they're not even in the same ballpark. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and I'm not going to start with that because there's very few people that can, that can match what I put myself through. But when you put yourself through hell and you're dealing with life and death and high stress and, mm. you know, it comes like a tsunami, you know, um, yeah. People bond over over emotional episodes. They do. 100%. Right? I mean, listen, emotion is everything in the human uh, makeup. You know, emotional emotions will make you or break you, yeah. you know. And it goes back to what I, I've said and you've said also, uh, mindset. Life is a mindset. Right. You know, your mindset at work, your mindset under stress, your, mm -hmm. you know, your mindset during a divorce. It's all mindset. It, it, it is. It depends on, you know, your your emotional thermostat and where it's set and where it naturally lies. Yeah. Look at the hit TV uh, show MASH. Okay. For a lot of you younger people out there, you may never have heard of it, and that's a shame. One of the best programs ever. Great ever, show. Ever on television. I ten think years, John? I don't know, ten or eleven. Maybe like longer. Yeah. But think about the interaction between the... The guys and the girls. Yeah. Now, Hawkeye Pierce was supposed to be portrayed as a lech, right? Mm. He, he was con constantly talking to yeah. girls. You know, whether they were nurses in the mash tent or collateral personnel. And I don't, you know, I, probably women entered the, um, the theater of war more and more as the years went by. So there were relatively few in World War One. The nurse's nickname was Hot Lips, right? Well, that, yeah, hot lips. Come on. Right, Loretta Sweat from Passaic, New Jersey. Mm. Uh, but, you know, 
they were thrown there, and it was, you know, MASH stands for Mobile Army Surgical Hospital, well, I think, I would right? think so, yeah. So, all right, it's a hospital. Mm. It's a hospital, and the shit hits the fan, and the helicopters fly, and the same thing happened when I was training at a major trauma center. As a matter of fact, uh, some naval personnel used to come and do rotations at the hospital because it was a time of peace, and we had some real blood and guts you wow. know, trauma yeah. in Camden, New Jersey. Mm. So, yeah, it was pretty interesting, and people naturally kind of gravitate toward one another. And, you know, it, I guess it's sad if the gals have boyfriends or fiancés back home or the guys have fiancés and girlfriends back home, and all of a sudden they're halfway across the planet or they're out of state or, or they're right next door, and when the emotions hit and you're working your asses off together, there's a bond that happens. And, uh, you know, if there's a real, true, sincere feeling of attachment, how do you, how do you uh, separate, scourge these people? How do you blame them? Mm. How do you blame them? I'm not saying that it's the optimal thing, but shit happens. That's why you hear about a lot of, a lot of physicians that you hear, oh, he's on his third wife. Okay. All right. Well, it's kind of like rolling the dice, isn't it? You know, you, you think you're going to take that shot. You got all your, you got all of your chips on the table and you throw those dice and you crap out. You crap out. That means your, your marriage didn't work. For whatever reason, it didn't work. What are you going to do? Put your tail up your ass and, and walk away and leave the casino of life? I don't think so. So you try it again and you start dating somebody else four years later and all of a sudden things are getting close and it looks like oh, it's probably this is the one blah 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 you roll the dice and you don't crap out right away right but you crap out five years later so what are you supposed to do you're supposed to quit life again and now you're only 49 or 50 or 51 really you're gonna just throw in the towel oh no 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 Go for that third marriage, big guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Yeah. I'm only kidding. Well, well, John. I've only been married once, but, you know, it's been one relationship after the next. Yeah. Uh, that's another one. And we didn't oh, do a please. countdown. We didn't do a countdown. I'm, I'm slipping out the back on this topic. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, yeah. Let's, uh, John, when it came, comes to bonding with a group, I mean, a great analogy would be sports. Yeah. If you're on a hockey team, a football team, a baseball team, and you struggle through a season, you know, there's high points, low points. You pick up your teammate who's down. Mm -hmm. See, that's why I love hockey because hockey, you really stand up for each other, and you oh, yeah. re you really become a team. And you don't forget those guys on your team. Right. You know, right. I mean, those guys are there, your teammates, and you've been through some winnings, some losses that are heartbreaking, yeah. and like you said, in a struggle in a different way, but you bond over it. So it's the bonding that we're talking about yeah. that really, I think, has its basis in, well, I don't want to label it as trauma bonding. That's something else. That's kind of like the cuff and the link with, you know, narcissistic relationships. Mm. And that's not where I'm going with this. But stress, challenge, trauma, when you bond in the face of stress, challenge, and trauma, 
There's a special bond that you develop between you and the people that are around you. And then if you find chemistry with those people, look out. Mm. Unless you're both single and available, then Yahoo. Yeah. But if you're not single and you're not available, look out. Yeah. Now, transfer. Here, let's talk about all the people you could bond with. And let's talk about how obviously they present themselves to you or you seem to glean from them everything that you need and you don't really get gobsmacked with their ego, right? Because, oh, so-and-so, God, she's, she's always there and she just jumps into every scenario and she helped me save somebody's life and, my God, I look into her eyes and I get captured immediately. Oh, my God. But she's married. Okay, then you better you better turn the gas down. Turn down that flame, big guy, or or gal, turn it down. But 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 on the stage of life in the trauma trauma center of life. That's what it is. The trauma center of life. We bond with lots of different entities, don't we? What entities do we bond with that never ever show us their ego? And if they do, it's a hoot and we laugh over it and we go, oh, oh, he's so cute. I know where you're going with it's, this. It's your pets. Uh, the bond with a pet. And there's, no and there's no trauma there. No, there's no trauma. But, but life around you is like a dump truck. It's like a top loader that backs up. <laughs> the operator pulls that lever and you get... 69 tons of shit dumped right on you and now you're encased in it so when has your beloved pet whether it's a cat or a dog or a cockatoo or a parakeet or a horse or or a donkey a jackass whatever when when do you come home drunk out of your mind after you've thrown up 14 times and you feel like you're seasick and you want to kill yourself they're always there waiting for you aren't they hmm. or if you did somebody wrong and you didn't mean to and it just worked out terrible and you broke somebody's heart and you come home feeling really bad about everything your cat or your dog or your donkey or your horse or your bird is sitting there waiting for you Win, lose, or draw, right? Absolutely. No ego. They are, I always say that we are fractals of the loving, magnanimous creator. I got news for you people, and I'm talking directly to the people who have recently lost their pets, because I've gone through it over and over. Um, your animals absolutely persist after their bodies fall away. Your animals have souls. Don't let any jerk off, even if they're in a white lab coat with a clipboard, don't let anybody try to tell you, no, 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 no. Only humans have souls. Animals don't have souls. They're inconsequential. That's all, like someone very close to me says, that's a lie from the devil. So, mm. it's a lie from the devil. I have past pets come to me at night my present wolf dog, Lucky, invades my astral traveling and he knows that I didn't ask him. Your animals persist. It's their energy. It's their love for you. That's why they're given to you.
That's why you have them. They're just irrevocable guardians. They're guardians of your emotions. They're guardians of your spirit. And some of them are outright physical guardians for you in this crazy world. What do you say? Uh, I would say so, John. I mean, that bond, I think it is with animals. They're like the calm during the, after the storm. If you had a tough day at work, uh, you know, things didn't go so well, you got a flat tire on the highway, whatever it is, you come home, and that your pet is always there just to calm you down, show you the same kind of love that they showed you yesterday, even though maybe you didn't take them for a walk or you weren't so nice to them or you didn't have time, right, to spend with them. They don't care. Hey, you're home. I'm glad you're home. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and I think that's where that bond comes. Like, no matter what happens, yeah. you know, unless they rip up the couch or something, they're really not going to give you much grief, <laughs> right? See? See how I said you don't, you don't really you don't really experience their ego, but when you do, it's a hoot, it's a lick. Yeah. It, it, you know, I cherish the. There's a big, big scratch across my mother's coffee table. And it's still in her house. My parents are past. And whenever I'm there and I look at that scratch, I just, I'm, I'm encased by the love that my yeah. dog Nitka had for me. The lovely Nitka. I had yeah. for her because, because I was, she used to love to chase a, a leather glove. And I whip it across the house and she'd go running and once her feet went from the rug to the hardwood floor she would do the scooby-doo slip and she loved that game so one day my mother was sleeping on the couch and in between her and i was the coffee table i figured the dog nitka if i threw the glove onto the couch where my mother was i figured she would go around and jump up onto my mom it would be a joke right no i whipped that glove across the coffee table that glove landed on my mom, on her belly, and Nick had just went, wham, right across the coffee table. My brother had, like, heirloom bird carvings and shit. Everything went up in the air and flying. Nick's feet hit the top of the coffee table and put a gouge in the top. Mm. And my mother sat up screaming, what the hell are you doing? And I, I didn't know whether to laugh or run. And the dog was terrified because, mm. you know, like it was like an explosion. Everything went to shit in a second. Yeah. So I had to calm the dog down. Then I calmed my mother down second. And she goes, oh, look at the coffee table. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, oh, my God. Jeez. A little joke really, really blew up in my face. But that scratch is still in the coffee table. Oh, that's something. I've got a couple of cute stories as well, John. Shoot. Go ahead. Um, you know, there's that, you know, everybody's into rescuing now, rescuing your pets. And I support that 120%. Yeah. Um, you know, the last dog that I rescued, um, you know, we had it for about uh, six to eight months. And, you know, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just started limping one day. Uh, that was a $4,500 knee surgery. Um, so that was pretty funny. That was cute. What kind of dog? Uh, was that a shepherd mix? With something else. So, you know, $4,500 for the free dog yeah. out the window. Yeah, yeah. And then there was another time, you know, the free dog I took to the uh, free rabies clinic uh, behind the in the behind the right. baseball field right. where the adult softball game was going on. Mm -hmm. And the gentleman just happened to hit a home run that the ball went through my windshield. 
And oh, oh yeah, that cost me about uh, four hundred and fifty dollars with the free rabies shot and the free dog. <laughs> and then the previous dog I, I rescued um, tore up our backyard. I mean, the poor thing was a big dog. I love big dogs. Tore up the grass, so we had to put a build a pen. I mean, a beautiful pen, fifteen by fifty. I mean, tremendous. Yeah. That was yeah. No, no, no. Beautiful white. Um, you know, PVC, that fake white, PVC. yeah, 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 really beautiful. You didn't try to dig under it? No, 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 we, no, because we put, uh, the rocks, you know, like, so, mm -hmm. yep. so that was $7,500 of fencing around the yard yep. to go with another 1200 in rocks, you know, for the free dog. So these are all wonderful <laughs> stories that, you know, you told a nice, cute, warm story. Yeah. All these stories are very warm to me, you know, yeah. about free dogs and, you know, raising them and, right. you know, stuff like that. What are you going to do, right? They do make you feel good on a, yeah. on a bad day. Or uh, any day. Amen. Yeah. yeah, they really do. So, uh, yeah, and then there's all sorts of ways to, um, to part with your beloved animals, your oh, beloved yeah. animals. That's and, always a pleasure. Right, and, you know, I... Um, They're here to break your heart. They're just... And the more you love them, yeah. the bigger the heartbreak. Well, I think... See, I don't have a heart, so I'm okay. And we all know that that's bullshit. Um, I hate to say it. I'm not a dark person. I'm anything but. You can't be a dark, negative, pessimistic person and take apart a baby and mm. put it back together and have it be better than when you started and hand it back to its parents and then it'll live, God willing, to be 90. Um, so you can't you can't be a pessimistic person, and, and I'm not. But there's all different ways to to leave your lover, so to speak. To fifty ways to leave your lover, fifty ways to to walk away from your your heart, your soul, your pets, and some of them. I got to tell the story. You know, we had a dog for I think. I don't know how old Chips was when he died. Ooh, I think he was, 200? I think he was like 14. He was a border yeah. collie mix. Yeah. And in the last few years of his life, he was a diabetic. I think he had Cushing syndrome. He had all sorts of terrible endocrine problems. How Chips. smart was that dog? Chips was very smart. I mean, he was hit at least three times by cars because he had girlfriends over, over you know, Hill and Dale. He had girlfriends in South End, you know, and he used to go down and... And, and see his girlfriends and then make his way back. Always he found got, his way back. He got hit at least three times, and that was our fault. We were stupid kids. But um, Chips, toward the end, all he could do, probably because he was a diabetic and starved for calories, at least that's what his brain was telling him, mm. he would sit next to you and, you know, and breathe his hot breath on you and, you know, and kind of disturb your dinner. So... Um, I was away working out of the house. I was a bartender back then at the Livingston Holiday Inn on Route 10 in Livingston, New Jersey. And my brother, I'm not sure what he was doing, but he was home and he made himself a steak. And he was throwing some of the scraps to the dog. The dog's name was Chips. And um, Chips at the end got so ravenous that like you couldn't feed him with your hand anymore. You had to toss it. Otherwise, <laughs> you, yeah, you, you would inadvertently, it, you know, unintentionally get your hand. And uh, he, uh, 
I think he nipped my brother's hand. Not bad, you know. And my brother whacked him on the head, on the snoot, like, hey, like this. And fed him a few more pieces. And then the dog went to the bathroom on the rug. And my brother whapped him across the top of the head, which my brother went to his grave, God bless him, feeling guilty about that. Because when he whapped him across the head, the dog let out a gasp and fell over dead. Is that how I, Chips died? Yeah. You? I've never known no, that that's, story. That's the truth. That's the truth. And, and um, you know, we used to rib my brother for years about that, trying to get him past yeah. the guilt that he felt about the whole thing. Jeez. You know? Um, my... My beloved Nitka was a keys hound, and uh, Gene had Shasta, sure, and I sure. had Nitka, and you had Chow, a big, big, big lion-like uh, Chow, Chow, yeah. Chow. And, um, Great dog. Yeah, oh my God. And so, you know, Nitka, toward the end, went through all sorts of traumas. She watched my, my sister get sick and die, and um, Nitka was about 14 also. And she was the love of everybody's life in the family. She was my grandmother who used to live with us. She was her best friend, other mm, than the family sure. members. Now, to make the long story short, um, I drove up from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, with my wife and my infant son. And we were going to stay over a night or two. And then we were going on to Canada to, to, to go to Montreal for two years. Mm. So I, I couldn't just drive from Cherry Hill up because I had to say goodbye to everybody, including my dog, who was old. And my dad said to me, hey, he goes, he goes, this, is, this isn't right. He goes, you know, she's starting to go to the bathroom in the house. You know, you got to take care of this. You got to take her over to the Cedar Grove Animal Hospital before you leave. And I said, okay, dad. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, it's my responsibility. So we get there, and no matter how down and out or infirmed Nitka was, and she weighed about, I don't know, 40 pounds, something like that. Whenever I showed up, she would, like, leap into my arms, and when I, I would pick her up, her head would wrap around my neck this way, and she would put her hindquarters and her tail around. She would wrap her body around me mm. and she would be like whimpering. I'm going to start crying. Mm. She loved me so much and I loved her, but my life took me away. My life took me to dental school in Manhattan where I met my wife, who was now my ex-wife, but the mother of my three kids. You know, then I went to the island of Grenada in St. Vincent's to start medical school. And then I went to Camden and spent nine years in Camden between graduating from Robert Wood Johnson and spending nine years at the trauma center and med school and residency. And now it was time for me to finish the last leg of my professional journey regarding training was to go now to Montreal and then I would be back home, apparently. Well, Nitka wasn't going to make it. And so when I saw her and she was so full of life, I couldn't do it, Phil. Oh, I couldn't easy. do it. I said, not Dad, easy. he says, my father used to go, like, he'd go, all right. I get it. Yeah. yeah. All right, fine. Because the dog was like two different dogs. 
And I, it was about a week after I was up in Montreal. We're still opening boxes, you know, moving into an apartment. Phone rang, and it was my dad. He says, I did it. I said, you did? He goes, yeah, she's gone. Mm, that's all right. Hey, listen, this is why we have animals, you know? I said, how did it go? Now, you have to understand that when we went straight down Bradford Avenue to the main intersection of Route 23 and Bradford Ave, if you made her right, she knew you were going to the park. And she would perk up and she'd put her, if you made a left, 100%. the animal hospital was in sight. It was diagonally right across the road. And she would get on the floor in the back seat and start whimpering. She didn't want to go to the animal hospital. you know. And so he said, I drove her there. She just looked at me. There was no reaction. She wasn't hiding. She wasn't whimpering. I put the leash on her when we in the parking lot. I walked her right up to the front door. Now you have to understand that whenever I took Nitka to the to the vet, I would have to kick the door open with my my left foot because I was holding her and she was kind of squirting. Oh and yeah. When I went through the threshold. She would go like this with both paws. <laughs> she would grab. The threshold, you know, the sides of the doors, and I'd say, "Would you stop and have to, and have to peel oh. her legs off and then run in?" And, and she was only going in for, you know, a shot, a checkup, whatever. Check up, whatever. Yeah. Those right. doctors are mean. My father said, "I said, Dad, did she, did she fight?" He goes, "Oh no, oh. no." They saw me coming. They knew I was coming. I had called ahead. He says, "I gave the leash to the." vet tech mm. who came out from behind that door that door right he goes and i started to walk out and i turned back and i looked at her and she was looking straight ahead then she turned back and looked at me gave me one last look and yeah. just out of her own of course she did of course she did one last look just walked straight in yeah wow because they know they know they know listen this is why for all you pet lovers out there and despite the financial burden I have uh, absorbed from animals, I do love them. And, but you have to realize they're here for a short time. Their existence, their job is to keep us happy for five, ten. You get ten years from a dog. That's amazing. Nick, was how old? Fourteen? Fourteen. Oh, my gosh. Fourteen. Mike's mother, Shih Tzu, 22 years. Ah, so, I mean, come on. These are beautiful stories. A lot of love. But, you know, like humans, you know, that yeah. expiration date yeah. has got to come and go. So, you know, I... Uh, yeah, so how did this, that, what prompted this? I got a text from my daughter this morning. Dad, yeah, what's up? Rowdy died. Mm. Oh. Mm. Rowdy is my daughter Ariel's boyfriend's English bulldog. I love, bulldog. I love bulldogs. And I think he got him in his teens. And I think Rowdy would have turned 13 in January. But he was he was like the family comic. Yeah. He wasn't, yeah. He wasn't an animal. You believe that animals don't have souls? Mm. You're a fucking idiot. So, you know, it's you could you could be thick as peanut butter with your dog or your cat. And then something happens and they they run away. You know, the cat gets accosted by a fox or eaten mm. by a coyote or God forget gets hit by a, a car. Same thing with the dog, right? Or you leave like I did and I left Nitka behind.
because that's where life had me go. In John's case, he had years of travel junior hockey. Oh, he was one of those guys yeah. that was, I don't know where he was. I don't know if he was in North Dakota and Pennsylvania. Sure, sure. One of those guys. And then he ended up in Boston playing, you know, varsity collegiate hockey. That's where he met my daughter. Lovely Ariel. And, and they had their life. And, of course, Rowdy wasn't left alone in a cage. Rowdy's got, you know, two of John's younger siblings there with the mother and the father, you know, stepmother and father. And so Rowdy had a great life. But to get that phone call that he's conned. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, so now let it's... Let me describe oh. what my daughter told me. Okay. What happened? She said, Dad... He went out the front door like he always does. Now, they live on a big, big farm. Like, oh, uh, wow. Thousands of acres. One of those, yeah. Oh, wow. Down in, I think, I think Louisiana. And uh, he went out. She said, he rolled in the clover like he always does. He loves rolling in the clover. Then he peed. He looked around. Gave a few sniffs. Came back up. Had a little trouble with the steps. Went into the kitchen and took his place next to the stove where he always sits. Stepmom came back 10 minutes later. <whistles> Sayonara. Hmm. Rowdy's gone. Rowdy's off the planet. He snuck out the back. There was no gasping. You know, bulldogs can, you know, uh. there was no suffering. There was no gasping. I guess that's the way to go. A hundred percent. Stop crying this morning. <laughs> Me, and I never met the dog. And I you never met the dog. I saw cell phone videos of him. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm going to throw a question out. I'm going to throw something at you, John, a scenario. Yeah. And uh, dog lovers might not want to hear this. This may not be the right episode to bring it up. But, I mean, a dog, there's that interaction, okay? That bond we talked about. Somebody told me one time, your dog loves you. I said, yeah, of course, you know. He, this person told me that if he came over my house every day and fed my dog, that my dog would go to him before it came to me. Because the dog's natural instinct is basically for food. That be food over love. Well, I thought that was interesting. I don't think that we're any different. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm not. I don't. That's for sure. The biological well, human condition on this planet that's what kind of leads us. And let's, let's face it, when you, you meet a member, in your case, a member of the opposite sex, in my case, the same, but that's not true for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we meet that person and we think they're so special, it's because our onboard computer is doing the Terminator thing and blah, 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 and the numbers are spinning like on a one-armed bandit. Mm -hmm. and, blah, 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 and all of a sudden, three sevens come up because that chick... That hen <laughs> mm. fulfills all of these subliminal Some. voids that we seek to fill. Mm. And we can't really put our finger on Filling it. Fill in the gaps. We analyze that maybe we would figure it out. But you turn that crank, it everything rolls, and, and three sevens come up, and it's the jackpot. Well, That's what a dog goes through with people. But if you're going to buy a dog or, or be given a dog, you know what? There's a love and a bond that goes between you guys. And every once in a while, more than every once in a while, mm. I'll be sitting on a couch watching YouTube videos. And Lucky will come over and put his head on me. 
acting all, you know. They are characters, those dogs. And then it's a love fest. Then I'm scratching under his chin, which he loves. Then I'm, you know, mushing up his ears, which he loves. Then I massage his butt right over his tail. He loves. He dances all around. Lucky as a wolf, husky hybrid. And then he reaches a point where he jumps back and looks at me and goes, whoop, and then runs to the cabinet. Because it's a give and take. He's not stupid. He just buttered you up. He just leveraged you. Now it's this is the time I'm going to get him for the treat. He do, it works like a charm. <laughs> You've seen it. I, he's done it to me. <laughs> Those animals. Well, I'd like to offer my condolences to uh, John. Is his name? Yeah. Rowdy's uh, yep. fa- brother, father, whatever yeah. he is. Uh, yeah. You know, better days are coming. You have the memories, and just think how great. You treated that animal. That's why I tell people, animals are only here for a short time. Yeah. How lucky was he? We're lucky to get to know them, but how right. lucky was the animal that he grew up and lived? That's why he lived as long as he did. Of course. In such a loving home. So you, his family, made Rowdy feel like a million dollars his whole life. Rowdy was... And you can't ask for anything else. Rowdy was the, the center of, yeah, of... So much of that family. I, I say, John, you go out, you purchase a, a beautiful dog, and you ship it out to Ariel and John. And, you well, know, no, just... Well, they have, they have uh, Nova now. Nova's oh. a, a, a very large female German Shepherd mix. Oh, okay. Yeah, we all love Nova. How old is Nova? A couple years or young? Yeah. A baby? Oh, really? Yeah, like Nova. Oh. So Rowdy's already, re- Rowdy's already replaced. Well, well... Oh, my oh, God. Are you kidding yeah, me? They're out of state, way out of state now. I know, but, I know. But, I'm just teasing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, all right. that And that, oh, the next dog, I was going to say, always eases the pain, you know? And there'll be another one and another one. And if they have get married and have kids, their kids are going to grow up with a dog. It's, it's the beautiful thing. It's the yeah. way life is. Absolutely. So, like anything else, we're only here in a short time. Two legs, four legs, yeah. you know? It is what it and is. And, of course, you know, we're not dissing... The cat people out there. I mean, look. Cats. I, I, Don't even bring them in. I, I, I had a cat please. As, a, as a small child, Tippy, and I uh, and we had a cat in the marital house for 16 years. Oh. And, you know, I, I kind of tolerated the cat because, you, you know. I'm allergic to cats. So am I. Yeah. So am I. But that I, didn't I, matter to how mm, that worked. Ouch. But the day, the day that cat died. I took on one of the most difficult physical tasks of my life, and I'm pretty capable. I dug a four-foot-deep hole, um, three feet long and 18 inches wide, on my front lawn under, under, under the old oak tree. Mm. And uh, all I hit were large rocks and tree roots. And I, I, almost, I almost killed myself pulling that off but when mm. it was done it looked like a professional crew had done it and we I went out and I got a basket I wrapped the cat in a blue airline blanket I fucking cried my eyes out mm. over Sherlock wow. that was the cat Sherlock, Sherlock. Sherlock was born on the beach on the island of Grenada. Oh, wow. And so this this cat had history. This cat had history. And wow. I, I didn't take the cat home. My wife at the time did. She was a year behind me. And, um, yeah, Sherlock was a great Wow, that's a cat. great story. Yeah. And, um, you know, my aunt once buried her dog in her backyard. 
but because she was weak, she only went down like eight inches. So sooner or later, like the paws were sticking out with a couple rains. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. So they had to rebury uh, Jeff, the Doberman Pinscher. Well, that's like that Sopranos episode. Yeah. Where Tony Soprano says, you, you throw the body where, you fucking idiot. Yeah. You go back. You go back and move that body after like three weeks in the summer. Oh, <laughs> Minga. John, this has been a very interesting uh, episode. I'd love for you to alchemize it if you could. Yeah. I think, I know you yeah, can. I, well, look, I... The episode is about the, the love and the bond that human beings have for their animals, not just dogs. And you could, you could I mean, I, I've seen some spec... Go ahead. I, I want to interrupt because there are people who I will not name, but I know they're socially inept with people. But with animals, John, there's something about an animal that brings out love and and compassion well, look and the, yeah, look at and the therapy dogs that, that therapy that dogs they bring to the prisons and and look, you know what? I, I think that if you have uh, certain issues, you're more likely to maybe cross a line where you have behind bars. I'm yeah. not judging anybody, God forbid. But you know, it's interesting that when a dog gets to know an inmate. Mm. Um, the inmate instinctively knows there's no ego coming back at me with the dog. And the dog loves that 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 guy or that Interesting. for for their soul. Mm. The dogs can see through all of the bullshit. Yeah. They can peel the layers of the onion and they can dogs dogs give you their soul for all of their strange funny habits and all of their failures and their successes and and look up look up some of those videos on on the internet youtube of the donkey lady comes out of the house and the donkey's wearing like pink ankle wraps and she's like oh hi so and so and the donkey's like ee, 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 can't make it up you know or the lady in the in the barn with the horse and she's like mm, kissing the horse all over the place i mean I have to admit, I have horse envy. I do. My father grew up working a stable in Newark with his brother. They were horse kids. They were horse mm. people in Newark, New Jersey, way, way back in the 30s and 40s. You can have a horse in your backyard. It's I, big enough. Anytime I'm near a horse, the horse puts its ears back. And, and, and they're like, oh, don't go near the fence. It's like, no. I think I'm going back to the car. Yeah. Right? It's like, and if I get on a horse, everybody's like, hey, we're in a line. We got the instructor. Everybody do this. Everybody do that. And my horse decides it's going over here. Yeah. And then the next thing I'm suspecting is the horse is going to jump a fence or go under a low branch just to get me the fuck off its back. For some reason, horses don't like me, but I love them. Mm. I love horses. So anyway, alchemize this. All I would say to the viewers is animals have souls every living thing that passes through this world is a fractal of the creator not just people and why is it that we can hear of somebody's passing that we didn't know personally and we'll go oh geez oh wow isn't that amazing hey are we having turkey or roast beef for lunch mm. right Somebody's dog passes or somebody's cat passes, lump in throat, 
you know, you get teary-eyed and you start reflecting because animals, 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 animals are a presentation in this physical world of God's love for the world and for us. And if you treat animals poorly, you've got a long, long way to go before you reach nirvana. Yeah, you're so a bad person. I'm going to say a prayer for Rowdy and for John and for all of the animals everywhere. And that's also a good reason why we shouldn't consume animal flesh, although I love a good steak. <laughs> a guy eats a steak a day, I, yeah. I love a pork chop. Oh. I love sausage on the grill. Yeah, yeah. I love a good, I love Duff. a one-pound yeah. Fuddruckers hamburger, but mm. Fuddruckers is gone, so, yeah. you know, amen. Rest in peace, Fuddruckers. Yeah. But I'll just say a quick prayer. Now, I should have had queued up some prayer from, from St. Francis of Assisi, C -C. who was one of my patron saints, who was the saint of the animals. animals sure. His statue's in my backyard. Mm. Yeah, and we'll just make it simple. Dear Lord in heaven, Thank you, creator of the universe, for sending us fractals of your magnanimous love in the form of animals, regardless of the form, whether it's your parakeet or your, your, your llama mm. or your alpaca or your pig or your cats or your dogs or your horses or your donkeys, even your fish. God bless the animals. And in the spirit of uh, St. Francis of Assisi, God bless the relationship that humanity has with the gifts that God hands us. And they will be waiting there for us after they pass and after we pass from this temporary physical existence because the soul never dies. And that includes your loving animals because they are forever gifts from the Creator. Amen. Mm. Rowdy, that was for you. John, what a fantastic episode. Thank you, everybody, for watching us on the Jersey Alchemist. <laughs> Please press like, follow, and subscribe. What a beautiful thing. Till next Let's time, see. people. Jersey see Alchemist. See you again soon, Peace. Jersey Alchemist. Now I'm going to spill the coffee. Okay.